and we are live. That's live for us anyways, and you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour, and I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. What's up, Kansas City? Hallelujah. Now, this is what could happen when you visit Denver, Colorado, and you visit those dispensaries, get you some sour gummies, mango sour gummies, coconut pina colada gummies. You listen to some classical music and you get turned on to two cellos. Hallelujah. Not telling you what to do, but you could do a whole lot worse. This is the Kansas City Social Hour, and you are locked in, man. What up? It's been a minute, man. Going to get these podcasts rolling once again, and today I have a special treat for you. Matt Shade is going to do the intro for this Prost Brewing Company podcast that we have with Chris O'Connor. I'm just going to let it out raw, the way it was recorded both sessions. We recorded the Prost Brewing Company O'Connor, Chris O'Connor interview first. You know, I went down, was on vacation, rolled through Denver, Colorado, into Nuevo Mexico. Tremendous. Then I get back, and the first cats I want to see are Matt Shaded. You know, he he hooked up the interview with Chris down at Pros. It was just a fucking good time. You're going to hear about all about that. And Nate Sellergren. Well, it was their birthday week. They both, like, one had a birthday the day before and one was having it like the next day. So we're going to make that a tradition. Have it marked on the calendar, man. Going to get with Matt Shaded and Nate Selegren to have some beers in between their birthdays, man. It's pretty dope. Love those guys, man. And uh, we'll probably record. We are going to record another podcast. In fact, that's what I'm going to have scheduled. Nate Selegren, Matt Shaded, we're just going to, Talk some shit, man. Drink some beers. Whatever comes to mind. But this one is Prost focused. And Prost is doing some amazing things. And we don't get into we get into a lot of shit, but we don't even get into all the shit that Prost is going to be doing. It's very exciting. You know, just to give you a little tidbit of what's going on, Prost is very innovative in their technical brewing process as far as thinking of the environment and their impact, whether it be the carbon footprint, whether it be water. So it's very exciting what Prost has coming up, right? As well as introducing new flagship locations that you can visit. And you can visit their location right now in Denver, Colorado, kicks ass. And it's just a tremendous, that's what we visited. And, you know, I just love Prost Brewing Company. If you can't visit the brewery, all or most of their canned beers are available in the Kansas City area. I'm sipping on a Prost Pilsner right now. Fucking love it. Crisp, clean, refreshing, little bit of hops, you know, and just a tremendous all-around beer. Matter of fact, there you go. And so 
they we don't get into all of it. And eventually, I'm going to have to go down and visit Prost again, twist my arm, right? Hit up some more of those, like, fucking stores that are, like, Apple stores for weed. <laughs> and uh, it's just a fun place, man. And I had a really good time. And without anything further, here's my man, Matt Shaded, and then Chris O'Connor as they were recorded. First, I went down to Denver, recorded it with Chris O'Connor, but then I came back and Matt did this intro, and I appreciate that. And I will catch you on the motherfucking flip side. And we are live. That's live for us anyways. This is the Kansas City Social Hour, and I'm here with my man, Matt Shaded. What's up, man? I'll cheers you right now, even though you got some water and I got coffee. (laughs) We usually have a brewski, but you know Matt's feeling a little under the weather right now. Under the weather, not not a hundred percent at the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's drinking a little water and I got coffee. It's the middle of the day, anyways. But you know, for sure, in a future time, we'll be drinking some Prost. He's the representative for Prost Brewing Company, and we've had plenty of Prost before on the podcast, so it's all good. but um, they're just an awesome German-style brewer, and uh, we—I had the great opportunity on my um, on my vacation to stop off and visit the um, Denver location, the Denver Brewing location over there for Prost, and their uh, their their tap station, and just an awesome location. I had such a good time, and I spoke to Chris O'Connor. Chris O'Connor, yeah. Chris O'Connor, just an awesome dude, man, and and so. That'll be the second part of this podcast. You will actually hear the interview that I had a couple of weeks ago with Chris O'Connor, where he talks a lot about the brewing process. And, you know, uh, I just really wanted to sit down with Matt because, you know, Matt is the rep here in Kansas City. And uh, he knows a lot about what's going on, uh, prose rise and shit like that. So what's up, Matt? How's it going, man? It's good, man. It's good. Right on, man. I'm glad to have you here, bro. Great to be here, dude. And, uh... You know, earlier we were just talking about some movie stuff, and I was just telling them how I loved 70s movies. I didn't realize what a movie buff that Matt was, man. Yeah, so shit. he's all, like, correcting me on the, on some of the things that I, I, like, I had thought that The Bad Lieutenant was a lot older movie than what it actually is. <laughs> it feels like a 70s movie, Oh, it's though, such man. a kick-ass movie, man. Yeah, it is. Bad Lieutenant. 1990, I think, is when it came out. Right on. Yeah. And the soundtrack on it is fucking yeah, awesome, killer. too. Yeah, yeah, so some, man, and Harvey Keitel, man, he's just a freaking beast, bro. He is, dude. That's that, like his best movie. I think far. so, man. Yeah. Like, you believe it. I feel like I'm following this dude, just degenerate dude around. For those yeah. of you guys who haven't seen uh, the original Bad Lieutenant, because we also got into that, there's two versions. There's the uh, Nicolas Cage one, which it came out in like 2010, I think. Yeah, and they, and they even changed the location to like uh, uh, New Orleans, I think. New Orleans, yeah. which sounds on paper like it's gonna be fucking like that's a cool idea, right? Right, like, right. like post Katrina. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's like a, it sounds prime, like yeah, prime target for just exploiting it. Yeah, from, uh, from that level, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. And so I'm thinking, well, you know, this might be. And then Nicholas Cage, he's, he does some cool shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I thought, well, this could be a good opportunity for them to like, but you know, and I was just getting into like. Sometimes when a movie's really fucking good, like, don't redo it. Right. You know what I mean? So right. that was kind of falls under that for me. Like, especially if it was done in the 90s, is it really due for a revamp? I was kind of mind blown by that one, actually, when it when it came out. Uh, Werner Herzog actually directed it, so I thought it was... Who's awesome little, as well, right? I thought it was a little weird. Um, 
that they were doing it so close. And it wasn't even like that big of a hit, you know? Like no not that many know, people know about Bad Lieutenant. It was exactly. like an underground movie from the nineties. So Yeah. Um, I, but if I, you haven't seen it, I would definitely check it out. I mean it's grimy. It feels like a seventies New York City crime movie. But uh yeah. Interesting stuff for sure. Which, not, not nothing to watch if you're like not if you need to pick me up or something like that. Definitely don't watch it. I mean, it's uh, I know right. It's, it's not a feel good movie. <laughs> it's not a feel good movie at all. <laughs> Which a lot of '70s movies are like that. They leave right. you kind of like bummed out. Like you're like, damn, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. Like we we're talking about Nicholas Cage. Something that just popped up in my mind. Did you know he's gonna play Superman once? I did. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah, like Tim Burton was supposed to be the director. Yeah, yeah Tim Burton. Yeah. There's a Tim Burton version. Of Superman with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, there's like pictures of uh, stills of him in the Superman yeah. outfit. I saw like, like a whole documentary on it. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What's oh, the name of the documentary? This is so funny. Like my my kids are about to pull up on this. Uh, you guys will probably hear. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I, I thought that they would. As they usually come at five, but um, so this is about four thirty right now, and they're pulling up right now. So. We usually do it in the man cave, but I was like, so we're such a rush for time. I was like, we'll just do it up here in the dining room. And so you guys will get a cameo from my kids probably (laughs) here in a second. Uh, What else? uh, Oh, yeah. So we're talking about Superman, Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the documentary is called. I could look it up, man. Yeah, for sure. And uh, but anyways, uh, so, uh, yeah, Matt and I. Hi. Hey, guys. Hello. We're, we'll be done here in a second. We're just uh, so there's my my kids cameo. This kind of looking at us strangely or whatever. They're already used to it. I'm sure this happens all the time. Yeah, right? yeah they are used to it. like sometimes uh, I've done uh, recordings where it's just me in front of a screen, like I'm and they're just looking like. What do you? They must just think dad? their dad is weird. <laughs> just like every kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Right. So, um, by the way, I'm digging the Def Leppard shirt today. Man. Oh, right on. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, I was super pumped when I found that. I love the, you know, yeah. Um, Def Leppard, they're cool. They're not like, you know, that's not the greatest <laughs> music. You know what I mean? But I, I think at the time for that era when I was a kid, I loved it, right? Sure. So, like, like so, and I still do, you know, if it, if it comes on and stuff. But yeah, I got a Def Leppard shirt on. The colors are pretty. Uh, intense. It's like pink and blue or something. <laughs> that, it's like but, a trapper keeper. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Lisa. Yes. It's like a Lisa Frank. Those Def Leppard T-shirt. If yeah. you guys are familiar with the '80s, early '90s trapper keepers, man, that's what my uh, my shirt looks like. There it is. <laughs> Freaking awesome, man. I'm glad you appreciated the Def Leppard shirt. I do appreciate it. Yes. Um. So, uh, you know. So I, you know, I wanted to get into like some of the stuff that you got going on with, uh, with you know, pros. I love pros, man. That's why yeah. I was just like when I I knew I was going through Colorado, I really wanted to stop by there and check it out. But it even so surpassed did, it surpassed my even my expectations. I I thought like yeah, this is gonna be dope. You know, I'm gonna sit in, uh, you know, this traditional style. You know, so I was thinking it was gonna be, um, like real low-key but the area that it's at is like super popular area totally man. is so the you know, what area is that what's it called oh, it's is called it? low high dude it is it is like a super uh energetic lots of people of different ages there's young people there there's there's a good mix of like older and younger folks but it's just a happening place it man. is for sure yeah i mean it's like when i was growing up in colorado that was not like it, 
it really wasn't an area where you'd want to like hang out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, now it's just it's pop it's popped off. Yeah, time. that shit has changed. Like young, then, bro. Money moving in there, and uh, just I mean, if you buy a house there, it's it's a tiny little shack, but still like you know a, a million dollar home type yeah. of situation because it's just in a, such a highly sought after area. But uh, no, it's a great little area. Um, so there's like a perfect view of like downtown Denver right from our patio. Beautiful, it's absolutely gorgeous. I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm glad you got to get out there and see I'll it. post some pictures of that view that I got too, man. Nice. Because I took some some snaps of that. Awesome. But yeah, just Denver, man, just just like in general, just this happening kick-ass location there, that's just, you know. Well, they had the All-Star game just recently, right? Yeah, it's this past, it was this past weekend. Yeah, I was watching the Home Run Derby and shit, and nice. I was like, I didn't realize, I mean, I hadn't been following baseball that close, but I saw the... Coors Fields and shit. I was like, holy crap, man. It's a uh, point out to the kids. That's where we were by, you know? And so, right. but yeah, it's just such a. It was supposed to be in Atlanta. Oh, was it really? Yeah, and they moved it because of the the voting. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Georgia. I kind of yeah. remember yeah. that now. So it kind of went low key. Like, I don't think people. That's so really, interesting, like, bro. Up like they usually do the All Star game. So. Yeah, that's interesting, man. So uh, it was almost kind of like a. Was it a pro, like a protest move from the uh, major leagues? It, it was, yeah. Interesting. As a as a result of the voting laws that they passed. Wow, man. Yeah. So, Such a crazy time right now in regards really to that, is. man. It really is. So, uh, yeah. So you know, Denver. You know, you could see like it's experiencing some of uh, the growing pains of a city that you know is just growing super fast. But sure. it, it's a it's dope, you know. But you know. Um, like you said, it just keeps changing. You know, when I go there, it's like almost has a feel of like a, a big city, but at the same time, you know what I mean? It's like still not huge, you know, but right. it, it's just cool, man. And they have so many great food spots. That was another thing. So as soon as I got there, um, Prost, it was the first day that they opened their new kitchen. Yeah, right? you got there on the first day. Yeah, dude. That's so awesome, I had the man. Reuben sandwich. It was, it was, it was good. It was fire. Shit was really good. Um, Sat down with Chris and and you know had that awesome conversation, man, and just just a really good way to kick off my vacation. But you know I had been traveling for like eight hours or something, and then I just went straight over to the brewery, so I was just kind of out of sorts for a second. But you know I think it ended up being pretty good, and and you know Matt's listened to it. I got I'll, I'll listen back to it when I edit this, but man, just an overall good time and. Just love uh, Prost Brewing Company, and I'm glad that they're here in Kansas City, man. So if you guys are uh, looking for, you know, some crisp, clean, delicious brews, you know, um, and and they got a good selection of different stuff, you know. So, uh, you know, they have their Pilsner. They got their uh, their Hefeweizen. I should let you talk about this stuff, man. So sure, you, yeah, you, yeah. T- tell us some of the brews. Yeah, that you mentioned you... the Pilsner. I mean, that's our that's our flagship and our and our best selling beer. I mean, it's just it's so crisp. It's just a beautiful beer. Um, and Chris kind of goes into it. He says it a lot better than I do. I'm just a sales guy. I don't brew the stuff, but Chris makes it sound like poetry whenever he talks. So I'm excited for you guys to hear it. But uh, yeah, the Pilsner is is my favorite beer that we make. Uh, I know he said the Kolsch is his favorite, but uh, it's also excellent. Um, the Kolsch is, the Kolsch is something, yeah, yeah. It's actually uh, something that's only in Kansas City available at our variety pack. So nice. it's like that one that you can't get anywhere else type of thing. So uh, yeah, really nice on a day like today for sure. Um, and then we also have our Dunkel, which is actually our best-selling beer here in Kansas City. It does uh, phenomenally for us. It's like a, that's cool, man. Like a Franconian style Dunkel, so it's a little sweeter. 
But uh, yeah, really good stuff, man. And then our half, you mentioned uh, Bavarian style Hefeweizen, um, pretty traditional style, what you would actually have like if you were sitting in a, a beer garden in Bavaria. And then we have some such a good beer, like man. Our Marzen, uh, seasonal, like our Marzen Radler. We have like a grapefruit Radler that's out right now. That's and another then, great uh, one that I've I've had all these beers pretty much, man, and they're all sure. good. Uh, the Hefeweizen, like I was, I talked about this our last time that we spoke. I'm usually not a fan of Hefeweizen because you right. know a lot of the, the seems like the American iteration is to go more on the sweeter side. Mm-hmm. But I don't find pros to do that. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A, it's more of a crisper, cleaner finish than um, that cloying um, flavor that I get from a lot of Hefeweizens that people seem to enjoy. So, I mean, if that's your jam, buy it. There's, a, there's plenty of those, you know what I mean? But if totally. you're looking for, if you don't think you like Hefeweizen, I would give pros to try because it kind of, it's... It still has the characteristics of a of a hefeweizen, but I don't think it's as cloying or as sweet as a lot of the takes that I've had um, in that regard. So it's a fucking it's a fantastic beer, and I think it was a a, a pilsner was the first beer that uh, no 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 he was a Kolsch right is that what we had on the podcast when I was with with uh, Chris? Uh, I can't remember what you guys were drinking whatever I think it, it might have been I think it might have been the Kolsch actually because that's what he likes to pour for everybody. Okay. When they come visit the brewery. Because it's like our lightest beer that we make, too. And it's just like, it really, if you have other beers afterwards, it kind of drowns out the flavors just because, you know, it's it's such a light beer. So you really got to kind of pay attention to the nuances on it. So I think that's what Chris's intent was when he gave you that first. I tell you, it was a welcome, you know, for <laughs> that Especially first beer. traveling, man. Yeah. Like, you're driving from Kansas City to Denver, man. It's not a... It's not a short trip by any means. It's funny to be talking about beers and drinking coffee right now. Like I, <laughs> I, I love coffee, but I, I think after this podcast, I'm gonna go run and buy some pros, dude. I, need to go, go. Like, I, yeah. I, I am, dude, because like just talking about it, I'm like, fucking, that sounds delicious, right? Now, right? Absolutely, <laughs> brother. But uh, so you know, I, I want to get in this a little bit. Uh, from your perspective, like, what is it, like, if I was to shadow you on a day-to-day, sure. you know what I mean, what is it like to be a beer rep? Like, what's the, what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis, like, that's, uh, that's like, just part of your general day, like, your job, man? Sure, yeah, it's been a little different, uh, especially with coming right out of COVID. Um, like, right now, I'm only, like, a month out of being fully vaccinated so uh, as far as like getting out into the market it's 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 starting to kind of get more to where it usually regularly was as far as like making account visits going to see bars liquor stores that kind of thing yeah but uh my day-to-day uh i'd say the majority of it is is distributor management and just making sure that my distributors have what they need um and like shipments and stuff like that too so making sure that shipments are on time ordered uh, everybody's all buttoned up as far as invoices and stuff go. So there's a lot of admin that goes into it. But uh, the day-to-day right now, I'm actually going to be launching uh, Prost in Nebraska. That's so dope, I've been man. actually traveling up there uh, pretty regularly the last month or so. Um, so we're going to be launching there in August. So I'm actually going to be heading back out there next week, uh, laying some more groundwork for our launch, and then back again August 1st for launching in uh, in Omaha, man. So That's exciting, pumped. bro. Yeah, absolutely. Omaha, man. Nebraska, Omaha. you guys are getting pros, man. Totally. And uh, so what do you, do, you, you just drive, uh, do you drive back or do you just stay there when you go down there? Uh, no, I usually stay for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I usually uh, post up at a hotel downtown, kind of close by one of the bigger bars down there um so yeah it's 
It's a good. It's a good craft market out there, man. They, is uh, it really pretty bro? excelled? Yeah, they actually were pretty advanced, even like past like Kansas City. I would say uh, they got more into the craft scene a lot earlier than than Kansas City did. Wow, so man! Out of the wave, but uh, no, it's a cool time. Um, but as far as like my, the rest of my day to day, it's account visits. You know, making sure like shelf sets are good to go. Um, trying to gain new business in in bars and restaurants and. And also, like, a lot of chain stuff, too, like, you know, uh, filling out forms for Walmart and Target and Kroger shelf sets and stuff like that. So, I mean, it sounds, like, real exciting, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of, like, like you were saying Excel some spreadsheets ad- yeah. and stuff like that, gap reports and and, uh, and invoices and, yeah, you know. Yeah. But now we're starting to kind of get more back into, like, the events and things like that. Like, I just had my first brew fest. Uh a few weeks ago, actually, Casey uh, at, K- at Arrowhead actually was yeah. the first brew fest that I'd actually been to um, since COVID hit. So, and I had been to that one in, in uh, the 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 last one that they had before. So that's a cool oh, time. Right. The, the last time they had one two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I was at that one. Um, me and my wife, and so. During COVID, was it just more you guys were focusing on like liquor store sales? That's all we could do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. It, it depending on the market, Sounds, oh, it's probably a stupid question. I'm no, like, not of at course, all, man. But yeah, was no. <laughs> it depended on the the market. Actually, like Wichita, it seemed because um, oh, I have the entire state of Kansas, so Wichita is part of my territory. Wichita is a like big they, market too. Yeah, right? I mean, it's huge. There's like five hundred thousand people that live there, but uh, they such a fun place too, man. Yeah, it's kind of really underrated cool breweries for sure. And you actually brought me a Central Standard Brew. Yeah, yep, a couple that's of them. right. Yeah, they were great. Appreciate yeah, I like it. stopping by in um, Wichita uh, to eat something and to grab beers from different places. <laughs> so sure. Yeah, yeah it's a cool place, man. I, I like sure. it for sure. But as far as like, uh, they really didn't close down as much as like Johnson oh, County or downtown Kansas City did. It seemed like their restaurants were kind of just open throughout. Wow. So we actually had we were we were able to get quite a bit of uh, play at some of the bars down there as a result of that. And so is, is a lot of that like just uh, interpersonal relationships with the established, like the people there, like you got to go in there and like. I mean, it all starts with our distributors, man. Like we got to make sure that we have a, a good relationship with our reps. Um, and it's top down. I mean, you got to start with uh, the people, that, the owners and the, the VP of sales and stuff, stuff like that. And once they give you kind of the, the blessing and the go ahead, you start making those relationships with your brand manager and your uh, day to day salesman. Right on. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's all relationships, man. At the at the, at the end of the day, I mean, people try to say it's getting more towards like uh, more automated systems and stuff like that, but you can't. It's it's just not a good way to sell beer, and in, in my opinion. No, yeah, it makes sense, man. Like, uh, you gotta be you gotta be in there, you gotta be face to face. Yeah, it's a social, it's a social business. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a social, not business, uh, experience, right? So totally. at its core, like, it's you know, I know well. Because uh, some people do enjoy, like, just, I mean, a lot of us, you know, we just enjoy having, but a lot of times, you know, if, you know, you're at a restaurant, you know, it's just, it's a social experience, so it makes sense, you know, in those mm-hmm. settings, it, that that's how those things would be established, right, at totally. the end of the day. So, yeah, I agree with you on that, man. You don't, that, that you don't want to lose that human aspect to it, no. especially when you talk to dudes like you and, and Chris, man, mm-hmm. like, you get the, the feeling of, um, or at least that's what I hope is conveyed on this stuff, man, is the passion that goes into this stuff, man. It's not sure. just, they're not just like, uh, like cans of, 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 of liquid, you know, suds or whatever, man. Like there's a lot of uh, thought and, you know, from, you know, the way that the thing is brewed to, 
um, how it's packaged and, you know, the Presented, room. Yeah, yeah, man. Logos, all that stuff, yeah. The glassware. The glassware is huge, yeah, for us especially. Yeah, yeah, man. It was cool to, you know, I think he talks a little bit about that on the podcast too, you know, the mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's pumped about it. And it does look beautiful, man. When you get oh, a good, pre- yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you get a draft uh, pour it and, you know, you could get these glasses on their website too and pour it for yourself. But, man, it's a, this, uh, these uh, German-style beers, man, they're like, you know, crisp crystal clear you know what i mean they look and then they yeah. got that that nice foamy head on the top you know when it's poured right and it's just man like i said it was a welcome after my my uh trip to just you know that was the first thing i did you know sure. and i even got the rock star parking like i, I heard you talked about that in the podcast <laughs> oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little victories in life man yeah. hey, it's small things man I'm yeah. yes that's something you should be proud of man yeah no i, I get pumped <laughs> when i get the rock star bro Cause it was packed, you know. See, you gotta appreciate like me, it. I gotta, I gotta get some extra steps in, so I try to, you know, get a little. You don't mind, away from yeah, right. the door, you know? <laughs> No, me, I was like, I don't want to drive, no, and I was so packed, and and I was like, but then boom, just like you know, the the waves parted, bro, and there was a a parking space right in the front of the. And there's like two. There's like two spaces, and you got one of the two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's Good funny, for you, man. I'm glad. It's funny because I had all kinds of. Uh, you know, goofy ass shit. Like I took a boat with me, like a, a inflatable boat, and I have all this stuff just hanging out my car. You know, people are just like on their their Friday, you know, just chilling. So you look and, like Clark Griswold. Yeah, in. exactly. Yep. Got coolers hanging out of it. <laughs> and, you know, got, life got, jackets and, 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 and then on on the top. Of yeah. the car. <laughs> he goes, I knew that had to be you, man. Chris says it. <laughs> I was like, Yep, that that was me, man. So, uh, oh yeah. So and then. Um, so now, so that that's COVID, right? And then, so now you're transitioning back to, um, you know, doing more events, uh, visiting. So, so what's some what what are some of like the events that people could look so forward to? So we're ramping to? up right now for Oktoberfest season, and uh, it's going to be uh, our time to shine, man. That's really when we start selling uh, at a pretty fast clip, just because. You know, being a, a German brewery, we we really emphasize Oktoberfest and our Marzen. I mean, it just it drinks so well during Oktoberfest season, man. It's just such a nice fit. So, um, yeah, oh, Oktoberfest yeah, season is huge for us, and that usually starts like August first is when like you start seeing those Oktoberfests out in the market. So, um, we're kicking off. Uh, we have a few events at at Rock and Brews that we're going to be doing. It's like an outdoor music festival um, that I just signed up for. I'm going to be out uh, at Barley's. Both Barley's. We're going to do like a kill the keg event uh kicking off i think actually towards the middle of actual oktoberfest season okay um so when i say actual oktoberfest season i mean like what actually is happening over in in munich uh which unfortunately is actually canceled this year they actually did cancel the big oktoberfest that they have in munich every year but it's always usually like the second wow weekend in uh sorry the third to last friday in september and it goes uh to the second friday in october sorry third Friday in October. So it's going to be the second Friday in October that we're going to have a Barley's event at both locations. We're going to do like a kill the keg event. So that's awesome, yeah. man. That so kicks we got some ass. Cool things going on. When's the, uh, rock and bruise one? Uh, I believe that's October 9th. Nice dude. Yeah. So we're I'm fun stuff, man. About that, man. There's going to be a few other breweries out there too. So, and both those locations just kick so much ass, man. They do uh, for sure. Well, last time I had brews with uh, Matt, we were at rock and brews and today we were going to meet down at Barley's. Um, which, you know, I love that spot, you know, uh, Barley's on 119th, uh, and it's just a great, 
great spot, you know, to have mm. a beer and stuff. So, but like, like I said, Matt, he's kind of sicky right now, man. He's not feeling sick. that good. Well, well yeah, not not a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Beer's not a not on the menu for tonight. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but it's all good, man. Waters it for me for right now, but we'll get over it. Yeah, and I'm and he's already kind of. Uh, just talking about it, I'm, I am going to have a brew tonight, so... There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... Uh, Don't let me stop you, <laughs> Right on, man. So, um, yeah, I know you You got to... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you did this intro with me, brother. Uh, Absolutely, I appreciate man. you you um, c- uh, taking the time. Is there anything else that you wanted to let anybody know, or... No, man, I'm just excited for you guys to hear what Chris has to say about the brewery. He's a really passionate dude. Like I said, at the end of the day, I'm just a sales guy, so when it comes to the actual process of, of what goes into it, he can... Talk about it at great exponential Homeric uh, lengths, which is great. Uh, and he just does it with flair that's that's un- unmatched. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to what he's got to say. And, and Matt says he's just a sales guy, man. You're, you're, <laughs> you're awesome at your job, bro. And I, and I, we're, I want Thank you on the you, podcast really. for other stuff. Like we could talk about movies. We could talk about we'll any talk about kind of random stuff. You want yeah, to, man. man. Absolutely. So, sports, all that stuff. And I think we'll get Nate on or, or somebody, but we'll we'll do we talk, something. I think last time we talked, we wanted to get you, me, and Nate on a on a podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. Fun, That's sure. gonna happen, man. So yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that you took the time to do this, man. And you you're an awesome beer rep, man. Pros Brewing Company, and uh, here shortly, you guys are gonna listen to Chris O'Connor, Wax Poetic on all things pros, and I will catch you on the motherfucking flip side. Yes, sir. We are live. That's live for us anyways. This is uh, Ruben Ortiz, another episode of the Kansas City Social Hour. And man, I'm just so happy. I've, I've uh, been on a, a long road trip. Uh, we got up at like 6 a.m. And then we, you know, you, we, I just, I drove straight, you know, because uh, I, I just find it easier, you know, than having my wife do it. I just get super caffeinated. I just try to knock out that. Sure. So when I, when I take road trips, I like leave at 4 a.m. Just yeah, mainline the coffee and just go. Those, those uh, <laughs> morning hours go by so much quicker than oh, those yeah. afternoon hours. So yeah, that's the that's the move, man, to try to get as many of those hours out of the way early well, as you can, right? And, and get out into the country before like the rest of the city wakes oh, up. Oh, that, that's another that's another huge <laughs> thing, right? Cause, yeah, yeah, because you you can avoid so many uh, so much of that traffic and stuff. So, but you know, once you get here, you just decompress. What's the best thing you can do? Other than have a, a badass beer, right? Sure. I mean, Colorado, it's weed, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it, I'll get to that eventually too, right? I mean, there's a reason why I've detoured through uh, Denver on my way to New Mexico. There you <laughs> so go. It was to visit you guys, obviously, and man, it's uh, so I'm here with with uh, I guess I should introduce you, uh, uh, Chris O'Connor. Yes, sir. And uh, what, what's your title, man? So I'm the vice president of brewery operations for Prost Brewing Company. So, awesome, awesome. So we're here at Prost Brewing Company. They have an awesome location over here. I'm gonna have all those details. I've uh, I had a little bit of time to decompress at the at the hotel, and then there was an accident, so it took me a while to get over here. Uh, but now I'm here. Beautiful man. Uh, they do German style, uh, classic German style. Uh, brews here at Prost. Uh, we have them available in Kansas City. A lot of you guys have had a chance to try those beers. Uh, my man Matt Shaded uh, introduced me to the beers as soon as they hit Kansas City. So that was a great thing. I, I got to familiarize myself with a lot of the styles and stuff that you guys were offering at the time. I actually listened to that thought. It was awesome. 
Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Really yeah, good. we had such a good time, man. I, I love uh, hanging out with, with Matt. And, you know, that's that's the cool thing about uh, doing the podcast. I don't have a whole lot of, um, uh, like, uh, prepared material that I, you know what sure. I mean? Because yeah. I, I just... Conversations are better, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're gonna have some beers. We're gonna talk about yeah. some shit. So, well, especially as we get like two or three. Okay, we can curse on this. I was a little worried because I basically use the F word like a comma, so it's fine. Good. I'm glad to hear you say that because yeah, it, it, you know, yeah, I I don't edit anything I say, and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say some. Yeah, I, I definitely cuss when I when I'm talking. So yeah, good, by good. all means, awesome. uh, say whatever you want. Fair enough. <laughs> especially as as we get. Uh, more into some of these these brews right here and so yeah man uh had a great time sitting with with matt now i'm here in denver colorado the first spot that i get to touch down at is pros brewing company and it's the perfect time because they just opened up a new food menu that they have going on here yes sir uh that's super exciting i can't wait to you know try some of the stuff that they got here so it's a great time for them they're also uh doing some a lot of cool shit but i'm not going to speak for uh, Chris on that stuff. I'll let him talk about it. But, you know, one thing I can ask you about is that you poured us a couple of beers, which yes, I appreciate it, bro. Prost. Absolutely, prost. We'll do a little cheers. Uh, Chris O'Connor, Ruben Ortiz, taking a little sip of the, my brew here. And w- what kind of brews do we got here, Chris? So we got the Bohemian Pilsner for you, the uh, Kolsch for me, and the traditional Pilsner for the wife. And the How dip- is that, Mary? How's your beer? Okay. It's really yummy. It's got a good carbonation to it, and it's nice and crisp. I like it a lot. Nice. One, nice. Of my one of my favorite things about both of those beers that you guys have is, especially in those glasses, we have a laser etching of a coat in the bottom that kind of matches the logo. So dope. And um, I see those little bubbles coming off there. Yeah, you get that. You get those beautiful nucleation points. Really nice, persistent foam the whole way through. Like the lacing on those glasses as you go through is just, you see every sip the whole way down. That foam structure is super tight. It's nice. Yeah, man. I gotta take. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take some photos for you guys can see the beautiful glassware. The beer looks beautiful, just this beautiful golden color. Smells tremendous, guys. This is a fresh beer that I'm having right here, man. And uh, yeah, that boat pills is like 36 hours old. Man, that is amazing. <laughs> like, oh, I, there's nothing like fresh beer, yeah, man. We might as well have opened up the bright tank. It was awesome. I actually I did. So I, I grabbed the kegs off the line like yesterday afternoon and drove them down because <laughs> I wanted it for today. Oh nice. That's the owner. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah, David. Right yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, there's some guy uh, cheersing us. Sorry, guys. Uh, I got a little sidetracked. The owner uh, was was uh, cheersing or posting us from from a distance. Uh, yeah, shout out to him. We'll, we'll talk to him a little bit. So, yeah, man, that's so awesome. So I appreciate that, man, that you guys had a, a fresh beer introduce uh, I'm man well I knew you were coming so I made sure they had we, we were trying to push production until like next week but the beer was ready and luckily fucking awesome the production Chris. team was able to rally so right on man that's I, so great man. Yeah, that's awesome I, I was really glad we got to showcase it because I I really am happy with how that beer showed out so nice. good man you know if you're a lot of us have a, a frame of reference of what uh, some of our first beers are and I think a lot of them are lagers right as, as you know our first beers that we have and you know, as we go on, you, you try all kinds of different stuff. And uh, I notice that, you know, you go through your beer miscuous phases where you're just trying to try all kinds of random weird <laughs> that's a, shit, that's right? That's a great term. Yeah. That's a great term. I'm, I'm definitely beer miscuous. <laughs> I'm totally stealing that, 100%. Right on, man. And and then I find myself uh, coming back to a lot of uh, the styles that I, I enjoyed early on when I was trying beers and just a return to those clean, uh, clean crisp, refreshing beers. Sure, man. Uh, the 
where you can, and you mentioned this earlier, you can spot the flaws, uh, you can taste the flaws, if, if they're not done correctly, super easily, right, with, yeah. with the slate of beer that you have there. There's, so. there's really no place to hide. And honestly, there's no place like home, right? Like, these types of beers are almost everybody's home base. Yeah, like if, if uh, you have a buddy who's uh, who's never, who thinks he doesn't like craft beer, right? Mm-hmm. He might have tried some stuff and he did, and then you, you take him to a craft uh, brewer like you guys, bring him down here and he has this yeah. and he likes beer, uh, he's going to love this, right? Yeah. It's just like a We make a believers, right? Yeah. What's that now? So we make believers, right? Oh, for sure, man. That This is a, a, a believer beer, man. Yeah, so if you come down to Denver, like stop by pros, but even more so... These beers are available in Kansas City, man. Uh, another great thing is a uh, uh, super great price point. Uh, they're in cans, which is you could pack them in, pack them out. That's one of the great things. My uh, family were on a camping trip, and you oh, know nice. it's nice to have the cans, man. Bottles are dope, but cans are just so much easier. And I got, I got some goodies for you in the back. Oh so, hell yeah! So when you're ready, like oh. you let me know, I'll come pull them out. Oh man, <laughs> absolutely. That that's great, man. And I'll I'll definitely share uh, photos or of uh, the beers that we'll be having and, and things like that, man. But, Chris, I was I was really curious, man. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, you know, we got your title and and what you do, but a, a little bit about what you do, but what got you here to Prost? Like, what was your journey in beer that got you to this point in your career, man? My, my, my journey's weird. Um, so I am a chemical engineer by training. Wow. So I went to University of Colorado here in, in Boulder. and. Specialized in biotechnology. I actually worked for Merck for about a decade um, doing process engineering and like tech transfer. So, like, scaling was kind of my baby. Like, we'd do a bunch of the small scale work and then send it out to either Rawway or West Point, the main production facilities. Uh huh. Uh, decent amount of project management in there. And then went to medical device, went to consulting. But my senior design in school was actually for Spetzel Brewing mm-hmm. in Shiner, Texas. So, like, if you ever had Shinerbach, like, we, we yes. worked with those guys. I got to meet a dude named Jaime Hirado who's like, Super well known in the beer industry, brilliant man, wonderful. Just I love super this inspiring. story, man. Like he's delightful, and I always wanted to be in beer. Um, unfortunately, I got married at 22, and so she wasn't having that. <laughs> but yeah, you had response. You yeah. like, but you know, and just I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to mention something because I think it's this is one of the, uh, uh, a fascinating thing that always strikes me is like. When you have uh, guys that are like into chemical engineering or engineering, because uh, like beer to me is like a melding of of art and uh, the precision of like the engineering aspect to it. Like it's really fascinating to me because like if you're a if you're like a chef, you're more on the artistic side. You know what I mean? Like maybe baking is more like science. Like. Mm-hmm. But the brewing process is super scientific, right? But then it lends itself to all this artistic nuance and shit like sure, that. Totally. So I always find it fascinating when I, uh, I get somebody that has a, a technical brain that's doing. It's a. It's a. It's rare to have both those things. Somebody that wants to explore the artistic side of things on a technical level. I, I just think it's cool that you have that background. I had no idea. So oh, that's super interesting. No, I appreciate that. No, but. I'll, I've met brilliant people in beer. I mean, it, it attracts all kinds. It's, and honestly, it's the most welcoming community of people I've ever met. Like, that's right. That's true, too. Working in, working in biotech, it's hard because, like, you have 
confidentiality agreements on basically everything you do. So it's like, I go home, I couldn't even talk to my wife about what I did. Now, don't get me wrong, that marriage only lasted two years. That's <laughs> so is that part of the reason why you couldn't, you couldn't share that? No, I'm just kidding. No, that's another story. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's five more beers and I'll, I'll let you know that one. Not, not, on, not on record. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, I uh, kind of got, stayed in biotech for a while, but I started traveling a lot as a consultant and uh, got married again later on in life. And she was... That's our, that's our former head of sales. He, oh, uh, right yeah, on. He reps Delirium now. He's like the regional sales rep. Dude is awesome. Right it's on, fantastic. Man. Just brilliant kid. Uh, but, yeah, no, I was traveling all the time, and she asked me what I wanted to do, right? I never had an opportunity to think about what I wanted to do. I only ever did what I was good at, you know? I was, I was good in lab. I was good in math. It just seemed like a natural fit to stick with biotech. And then a lot that's of crazy. A lot of skills transfer, right? I mean, yeah. In biotech, you basically grow you grow yeast to feed E. coli to make inclusion bodies, and you develop drugs from them. With beer, you grow yeast and make ethanol. Yeah, you know? that part I principle. knew. I didn't know the other part that you just mentioned. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. No, no, it's crazy. The uh, the process of making drugs is is fascinating. Um, we don't need to go into it. I'm gonna go down a nerd rabbit hole. It. No, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, by all means, if it's uh, you know, it's interesting shit, man. No, it's it's, it's fun, um, but. I, uh, I spent like a year and a half trying to get into beer, like back into the industry after spending that time. I'd, the entire time like leading up to it, I'd always studied and I tried to develop the craft, but it was never like something I could do as a job. And I got a, I got a break. Um, Matt Osterman at Sleeping Giant gave me a job, um, entry level. It was, a, it was a great experience. I was there for six years. Took over and kind of built their quality department, became the director of quality there. Um, got to see pretty much 250 different times of recipes. Got to talk to industry experts who are brilliant. I mean, awesome expertise and like really wonderful perspectives on how they like to make beer. And everybody's kind of different, right? I mean, yeah. you talk to any brewer on how they want to make Pilsner, they're going to tell you a million different ways, you know? And for me, it was like, how do we stay true to what this should be and still kind of push the boundaries, right? Because if somebody wants just a straight up Pilsner, I mean, just go buy Belton's, you know? <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. there's, there's options out there that exist that have been done by people who have been doing it for hundreds of years. If you're not giving somebody something a little bit new, then what are you doing? That's crazy that you would be – because I don't think a lot of people would uh, would think they – like when they would see like, oh, okay, traditional style, you know, the water, yeast, hop, sure. like you're – like that you guys are like trying to push the envelope. I don't think that's, people's brain goes there. Well, it's, it's, so it's exciting to hear you say that. Well, it's, it's, it's pushing inside of the style guidelines, right? You're still trying to stay true to what you are. And you still want to be traditional. You want to be authentic, but maybe not necessarily traditional, right? Like we don't need to sit on beer for 12 weeks. We don't need to put barrels of beer in caves and then pull them out only in the spring or in the you know, early fall. Now, we, we have options available to us. There's new hops available that are all still uniquely German and we can stay, you know, within that lane of like traditional German beer while making something that's at least unique. Again, I mean, I could make you Coors Banquet. It probably tastes great, you know, but if they can make it at a tenth of my price point, why would you buy my beer? Man, that's another fucking great point, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just blew my mind with that too. So yeah, okay. Now, it, it gives me a more clear picture of what you guys are doing here, man. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's traditional styles, but you want to kind of elevate it, right? You wanna, yeah, you wanna that's try, badass. You want to try something that's going to bring more people to beer, more, more people into something new, something that maybe didn't touch them early enough in life where 
they got into it because they didn't like that particular flavor of the traditional styles. If you present something that's like our Pilsner, our, our Pilsner walks very traditional, but there's hints of things that are a little bit different. You get that kind of like a pinch of apricot characteristics. The florals are there, like that, like kind of an amaretto malt flavor that doesn't really exist. All the grassy notes of traditional Pilsner malt are still there, but and all the, I mean, the middle fruit is just shining through. I mean, our, our growers in Germany are fantastic. These guys kill it. Um, and those are still the showcases, but it's the nuances, right? It's the little things. That's, I love the way you're talking right now. Oh, sorry. So a fucking <laughs> badass, though. No, man, I mean, you, you, I, it's, I mean, you're kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Cause, uh, but, yeah, I, th I think it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, what is the uh, thing that you, you hit upon? You know what? And there's a reason why. There's another thing. And I think more people are coming back to that, right, too. Is like you, you see it with bourbon. Like sure. for a while, like bourbon was like, you know, this, like, this, like people, like hillbilly shit or something that they thought of. Some people thought of it that way, right? I and love it's had bourbon. this, yeah, it's had this, <laughs> like, resurgence, like, because people appreciate, like, there's a reason why this thing has been around for so long. Right? Absolutely. There's a reason why. So, in the quest sometimes to go for, oh, I, I want the shiny new shit. Sure. We sometimes uh, lose appreciation for the reason why things have been that have been around for a while, why they were there in the first place. And totally. some of them totally deserve to be there. And there's yeah. a reason why we're still doing those things because they were badass from the jump. Totally. And now you're, you're talking about even pushing the envelope even farther within those, uh, you know, parameters of, of the traditional style. I mean, yeah. fucking great stuff, man. Thank you. No, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, the, the coal that we, that we make is my, my favorite example of that. Um, we're using all, I mean, it's still, everything we make is, is German malts, German yeast strains, German hops. I mean, it's, it's where we live. It's, our, it's, it's what we do. It's who we are. And, but inside of that, and even with those, not limited, but with those raw materials, there's so many things you can do. There's so many places you can go and you can make, oh man, I mean, just beautiful nuanced beer. And subtle changes to how you construct them will completely change the perception for somebody. Um, our Kolsch is, I think, it's my favorite beer. It's it's the one I drink when I'm in the brewery. So like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like with all the knowledge that you have and stuff like, because you know sometimes uh, people get a little pretentious with their beer drinking oh, and sure. stuff, and yeah. and like Kolsch isn't like the most like sexiest thing as a beer nerd that you could throw out there. No. But now I feel like it's coming back around where you're like, you know, hey, man, I've, like Polish so. and Peels is like Dude. some of my favorite shit, you I know? Think, I, think, I think the problem Which is... That's where I'm at, too. I'm even going back to, like, traditional... For me, like, I, I still like... Uh, like um, I know everything went juicy and hazy for... Like, I like just a regular IPA, too. You know yeah. what I mean? I know you, go, you guys got your uh, IPL. Yes, sir. That's pretty yes, bad. That's badass. You know, that's it's just beautiful... Uh, clear, uh, hoppy, oh, yeah, lager. That, that one's fun. That's like that's like apricots and peaches and tangerines, kind of like wrapped up in a West Coast IPA, but using lager yeast. So you know? crazy. So that's that's, that's what you're like talking about some of like. It. But I didn't, I don't want to get away from your. I, I deviated there. I'm oh, sorry, dude, you're man. good. I, I've I've like wicked ADD. It's fine. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can circle back just fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the thing you were you were talking about was Colts. You're you're hitting on yeah. like I was surprised that I mean, like because a lot of people like wouldn't say that Kolsch is there. I mean, I don't sure. know if I've even had anybody tell me that, but I love it. I mean, dude, 
Reisdorf, Reisdorf Kolsch. Jeez, that blow your mind. That's what that's what Kolsch should be. Like it's 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 a wonderful like apricot characteristic. Like you get like a little bit of peach on it, and that's kind of that, that was my inspiration. Somebody asked me one time, actually it was today, how I construct beer, and is it like do you take something that existed in the market? And then try and reverse engineer it, and then kind of tweak it and make it your own. Or, you know, do you think about style and you know what would work best in it? And I was like, honestly, it's a little bit of both. But with this Kolsch, I basically looked at the history of the style. I looked at the <laughs> the style guidelines for World Beer Cup and for um, uh, Great American Beer Festival, and I made something that I would want to drink that still fit inside of that. And what I get off of ours is like these beautiful peach apricots, super light, super crisp, like, and then hints of floral that really round the beer out. Honestly, everything we strive for in every beer that we make here is balance, right? Like, you don't want to drink something and just be like, top layer, these are hops. I'm like, that's cool. And like, you get like retronated, like, this is malt. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like, what was the, what was the uniform vision of this beer? What do you want it to taste like? You know, for me, I wanted this to taste like, I wanted this to taste like summer. Like I wanted something that like reminded me as soon as I hit it, it was like, damn, that's bright. Damn, that's refreshing. Like I want to drink this at 10 a.m. and not be considered an alcoholic. But like <laughs> this is what I this is I, what I wanted to I, drink. I do too, man. <laughs> is it right? I, I think you just described me right yeah. now, bro. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like, I, I want to drink it at 10 a.m. too, man. I think I will tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're gonna send you home or something. So it's all right. We, bro, uh, but that's. But, I love the way. Yeah, dude. Man, fucking awesome, bro. Um, they're just they're just beautiful beers. I mean, the, they, that, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad and I'm, that you're saying that, man. Well, I'm 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 truly blessed to. You be get a part me of all hype about it too. Like I like them too, but the way you talk about it, it like makes me want to even. I'm even appreciating it more. I'm like, man, like I want to, I want to experience them like <laughs> like Chris is experiencing them, man. Oh man, we we can go down we can go down a tasting rabbit hole. I'll just start pouring samples of everything we have on draft, and we'll just talk through how I got there. Bro, like, that's so like, odd, man. Yeah, like, you're a great person to talk. Thanks, uh, why is the the um, why is the tradition so important to you? Like, why is the traditional aspect so important to you? Honestly, because it's who we are. I mean, that's what that's what Pro strives to be. Like, we want we want to make we want to make these styles of beer approachable to every beer drinker. Like, not just craft beer drinkers, but new beer drinkers. Not not people who love like that only love the experimentals we want those people to want this beer too you know like i don't i don't need i don't need to be the beer that you try once and just go yeah that was super cool and i'm never gonna buy that again you know i want to be the six pack that lives in your fridge constantly because it's the flavor that you look for when you want beer right and i and there's plenty of beer out there that does that i mean there's a lot of people who make excellent beer like truly and i'm constantly in awe of how good craft beer is getting and has gotten and I, I feel like Pros is starting to get a lot of recognition in that vein as of the last couple of years. And our, our hope is that we just keep on kind of convincing people that these are the styles that they want to be a part of. You know, and this is. Uh, yeah, I miss that part of it. Um, I'm still kind of I'm still real old school in that respect, too, is like I, I have like like brand loyalty to certain things. Like if somebody does something really well, I don't I, you know, for a while, you know, I would be going on to the shiny new thing. But man, there's something cool about uh, when somebody does something and they nail it. it like yeah. returning to yeah, that's you know I I like I like uh, a lot of brewers that have been around for a while. Those 
and and I keep returning. I keep talking about them. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, wh- why are you still talking about that? Like, there's this out. I'm like, I still like that stuff, yeah. man. I, I still like what they're doing. They're still innovating. Yeah. It may not be like, you, you know, we're not following. They may not be following every shiny object that catches their attention, but that's why I like them, right? right. And and those new guys, they might that might be their wave. Like they might have gotten excited about that style, and that's the direction they're going to. But I don't disparage the the people that um, have been on the journey for, and and they're sure. making awesome shit. You can't, you know, sure. and I, yeah, but. That's just everybody has their journey in beer, and it's totally. it's it's whatever it is. But that that's me. I I, 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 I like that. I mean, I love innovation. I think I think what people are doing with beer right now is bringing more and more people to craft beer. Yeah. And I think that that is a great thing. I mean, For sure. The hazy IPAs, the seltzers, the you know the dessert styles, all of it. Yeah, yeah. All of it brings people to craft beer, and it gets them in the door to try you know everything, not just what I want to drink, but you know what anybody would want to drink, and. The more people that are involved, the more people that are part of the community, the more people that we can kind of bring into this fold of what craft beer and what the craft beer community has to offer, I think it's for the best. You know, I I love people who push boundaries. I mean, it's it's what makes every industry great. You Hell know, yeah. but and it doesn't it doesn't disparage from the people who built the groundwork and I mean, hell, I still buy Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, like I, yeah, and it's and it's great, you know. Yeah, I, absolutely. I still get. I mean, Pivo Pivo Pilsner is fantastic. Firestone Walker kills it. Yes, you know? Firestone. Yeah. I mean, even I, I, I go to Russian River every year. I, I make I make it a point to go to Russian River every single year, and I come home with three cases of SDS pills because that shit is delightful. I like, love it, man. It's great. And, you know, and Blind Pig, man, totally under totally under love beer. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You talk to almost any brewer that you meet in the states; they're going to go, "What's one of your favorite IPAs?" It's probably like Comrade Superpower, which is down in Aurora. You should definitely go. Um, and Blind Pig, because it's fantastic beer. Yeah, you know? man. It's not to disparage anything that's going on in the East Coast. I mean, it's we. Well, you know, we just a, go and. I mean, Victory Prima. God, Prima Pills is an inspiration for people in terms of how to make Pilsner. These guys kill it every every year, and it's fantastic. And it always. The consistency that you get out of those brands, which is what I think most people who buy package beer expect, is who who, who like what now? I said most people who buy package beer expect a certain degree of consistency, right? Yeah, and, and I I've, I still I'm a, I'm like that package dude. I still buy a lot of uh, you know. I mean, I like going to brewers. I like getting uh, their cans. Uh, I, I totally. do, but yeah, man, I, I still find myself at the liquor store, you know, buying the you know. I mean, I yeah. I like having that stuff on hand. There's a familiarity. There is also. Like that watermark when like craft beer was like I don't know man it was like a wave that we were having like you know what I mean and sure. it, you know and and those those uh, beers that, that are familiar to me when like you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, for me uh, when I was super excited I'm still excited but when I was you know it, I mean it, you do this you kind of have to be right yeah <laughs> but, and I love uh, you you like get me excited about like uh in a in a way about these beers like you talk about like you like the innovative stuff but i think it's a great it's great for people to know that yeah innovation is cool in those styles innovation is still happening even in your in your classic styles yeah absolutely i mean you don't see people driving around in model t's right people advance there's still staples in the industry those staples are constantly evolving everybody changes their product to match what the industry is looking for like and for me it's I'm, I, I get to benefit from making beer that I want to drink that as many people as I can get on that journey I'm gonna try and get you know I want I want I want people to had a bad habit as a kid right so like in college or like I was the guy that would always like try and 
test people on different drinks, mixing different things, trying different things, being like, what do you and think? you never stopped what doing that, man. I, I really didn't. Now I just get to play with raw materials that are a little bit different yeah. and equipment that's a lot more expensive. But it's the same kind of thing. Like I want, I want people to have a good time. I want people to enjoy themselves. I want people to relax. You know, like it's fuck yeah. And that's and the, my favorite thing about the tradition. You want to touch back from before we asked what's so important about the tradition. For me, tradition in German brewing is is community. You know, like it's everybody coming together in a communal place and enjoying themselves together. And that's and that's everybody. You we know? always say that on the podcast too. Like beer is supposed to be fun. You know. Like, yeah. Sometimes we forget that. Like. You, like, you know, uh, it's cool to wax poetic on, you know, what it, totally. but ultimately, man, like what we're doing, you know, we're, you know, I just met you and like, we're having these beers and like, you know, the, the conversation, like it starts off a little, like we are like, ah, and then it just gets flowing, man. And sure. it's just that community, man. That's, yeah. it's, it well, totally. kicks ass, man. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I, I love your passion for beer. Like I said, I, I've listened to the pod. I think it's great. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. I, um. And, and thank you for coming here. This is this oh is man, awesome. I was ex- I get pumped to come to uh, shit like I I, I love. Uh, well, first of all, it's exciting just to go to any uh, brewery location that you hadn't been to. You know what I mean? Sure. But sure. then I was pumped. To, I really like you guys, man. Uh, I love the the logo. Uh, that you, I, I love the the. I, I mean, I was t- I, t- I told Matt whenever we first had like I can't believe no one has had the prost. No one called the beer uh, company pros before here. Right. You know what I mean? I was right. like, golly, man, that was just hanging out there, bro. I was, I was like, there's a couple, there's a couple bars. Bars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not, not, not a, right. yeah, that's crazy, right? That's, it's wild. You it's, take it's someone with because it's great. It's perfect, you know, and I love saying it, you know, like pros, oh, you yeah. know, it's dope. Oh, we put it on all of our email threads. It's kind of annoying, but it's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I never get tired of saying it. I like, uh, uh, a Mexican, uh, Hispanic version of salute. I don't ever get tired of saying salute. Salute. Yeah, yeah, yeah salute. If you say that in front, it's so I, I immediately understand the, the pros, you know, like pros, you know, that's dope. That's Celebration of it. beer, right? Yeah, it's the celebratory aspect of right. it. Like, I hope we never lose sight of that. Oh, totally. Uh, that's how we're going to get more people. You know, I think, uh, you know, more more women. Like, you sometimes for a long time you'd go to uh, brew festivals and there was just no women there. And I was like, you know, you just make it more fun, make mm-hmm. it more uh, open to people. And, and you know, that, that'll st- – and you're starting to see it happen, you know, because mm-hmm. – you know, beers, it's celebratory, man. Yeah, you know? totally. And honestly, I mean, the, the the best brewers that I know are are all women, actually. we uh, I worked with one, her name is Audrey. She, hands down, one of the smartest people I've, I've ever met, and she's she slayed it. And she's she went to Miller Coors, did development for them, is now in food. But, like, I'm hoping we can get her back, like, when we build a production facility... Which Hell is yeah, like, man! That's a, awesome. A, which is part of the plan. I'm, I'm definitely going to try and steal her back. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, totally. <laughs> like she, she can know. Like I, I, I sent her LinkedIn invite. Like, hey, we're going to open this. Like I need you, I need you to run like all of brewing. <laughs> you know that's fucking great, man. Yeah, I think you know. Uh, yeah, and you, and then, again, you talk about um, you know, yeah, and I don't want to go because yeah, you know there's. Um, there's and I don't know a lot. There's been um, you know some some uh, different brewers getting hammered for different things in that regard and stuff like that. But like you were talking about, and I've always found it uh, a very open, uh, welcoming community. You know, and obviously there's challenges and, and things like that. And we, we've talked about it before too. We had a a podcast that addressed some of the issues and, and putting a voice to some of that stuff. But um, overall, uh, the community in beer is like. Uh, 
very helpful, very inclusive, you know what I mean, from my perspective, you know, and I'm, I can only speak from a Hispanic male perspective. But I've, I've always, like, you know, I just met you. You're super welcoming. Like, let me in, you know what I mean? And uh, we get to talk about beers and, and all of that stuff. And even uh, one of the things that struck me that was kind of weird is, like, I've always seen this happen, too, is, like, when a brewer had, uh, when they just started out and they had problems, they, they would call the other brewers and the other brewers would just be so willing. I'm like, oh, totally. what other business do you know that's like, yeah, we're going to give you our trade secrets to yeah. help you get dude, better at your shit? Dude, none. <laughs> dude, none. No industry is You see that, that a lot, man, I, in brewing. I hear that all the time. My, two, two, of my, two of my best friends are, are, in, are in beer, and whenever I have a question, they're, they're the first people I call. And I'm like... This is what I want to do. This one, I mean, I, I have them sanity check my recipes. I just send them straight up my workbook. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. Like, what do you think? That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. so unique too, yeah. right? Yeah, because I mean, I, this this ties back to the scaling thing, right? Like, scaling beer across platforms is is a very difficult thing to do. Co-packers who do it well are. What do you, you know, What are you talking about? Like, so like, let's say let's say for the sake of argument, you run on a ten barrel system, a ten barrel tube. I like, know who you're talking about. Go right. ahead, yeah. And so, speak on that because that's yeah. important and for so people like, to understand. Yeah, and so like making something at like ten barrels versus making something at like fifty or hundred or two hundred barrels, like gets dicey. Yeah, there's there's things that change, right? You gotta you gotta make adjustments. Um, a good example of that is Hefeweizen, right? So like Hefeweizens are like super 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 subject like. They're, they're temperamental. We'll put it that way. Uh-huh. Any, anything that's like heavily And you guys have an award-winning Hefeweizen. We, we do have a award-winning Hefeweizen. That one was actually brewed by Brad Landman, who was the head brewer at The Post okay. um, after he worked here. Um, that dude is, if you ever get the opportunity to talk to Brad, he is one of the most genuinely nice people you will ever meet. It's, he, and he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. Like, and he's just a delight to be around. Um, that one, I think, was actually his beer. But, um, yeah, half is wild because any, anytime you're talking about a yeast-derived flavor that drives the entire beer, there's a lot of things to take into account. So the bigger the tanks get, the fluid mechanics get completely different. Particle movement gets completely different. How it consumes sugar is different. You know, thermal pockets inside of larger tanks become a problem. Hydrostatic pressure becomes a problem. You know, how do you combat that? So in tall, skinny tanks, you run into an issue where Hefeweizen yeast just wants to throw clove like it's its only job, you know? So how do you combat that? You know, you start pushing weed up as much as you can, but then you start having problems in the louder time. How do you combat that? You know, just all these things start. It's yeah. like, think about it like tuning a watch, right? You, you change one gear, you're impacting everything around it. And that's, and that's the beauty of those kinds of beers. It's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a, it's a complex problem that has to be solved. And I, I nerd out on it like all day. I think it's great. No, that's awesome, man. So, like, and it, it's a great, I mean, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, like, what I, what I, what I was gathering a little bit from what you're saying is, like, uh, like the scaling issue that sometimes, it's like sometimes when people, uh, when, when a brewer gets to a certain size, uh, they're like, well, why don't they make this, you know, like, like this, like, gorilla brew that, like, you can just, like, you know, like, right. uh, like, my friend brews some shit in his basement, and it's fire, you know what I mean? And it's like, why can't they do that, you know? And they're like, they just suck, you know? I'm like, no, right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it, there's that. But <laughs> as stuff scales, sure. you know, those small mistakes get magnified, right? Totally. It's on a, so, I mean, it's like... Uh, scalability becomes a... Scalability is an interesting question, because you have to tie in... You know, the financial impacts of the decisions you made at smaller beers that, like, you can sell in a tap room, 
because there's a small amount, it doesn't have to be shell stable if you're clearing it fast. Oh yeah, the, this, yeah, yeah that, you know? the hazy thing is like big on that too, right? Sure. Well, and some people are doing very stable hazies. I mean, there's people out there that are making incredibly stable, like shelf stable hazies that are But they've excellent. had to be doing like massive experimentation. I mean, I've saw iterations of it, like it wasn't, like it's not like, they can't duplicate like uh, like if you you're I I don't know I, mean, I feel like like some of the smaller brewers they can brew a batch of some shit and put it out there mm-hmm. it's super fresh right then and there you having it right off the tap sure. is different than like projecting like people are gonna be buying this six months out sure potentially three months out on the shelf yeah and it's gotta it's gotta stay stable it's gotta look sure. as, I mean that that gets tricky with some of those yeah. juicier hazier beers right beer's one of these unique products that when you package it like it's always changing right so everybody tells you drink fresh beer you know it's it's, it's that's my thing I I'm always I mean am I wrong on that like my yeah. thing is when I, that's my number one uh so shit it, and in that case it doesn't matter as much not really you kind of shorten the appreciation curve right so you think about beer that's unpasteurized, it starts like super fresh. All the all the flavors are like that. Like you, it's, it's a day old, right? Yeah. Like all the flavors, super punchy. Like everything's like right in front. Yeah. Like it hasn't really had time to like kind of coalesce, you know? And so over time, those flavors start to kind of like calm down, mute, and they kind of round into a finished product that you would get in a in a canned beer that you get like, you know, three weeks after packaging, roughly, depending on how good people are getting beer out in the market. Um, whereas something like, the coals for the pills that you drink, that's had that time to kind of like mature, be ready. And like what you're getting is like the true representation of what that beer was meant to be. Most brewers brew Bright Tank beer to be like a little punchy because they know it's going to mute over time. You know, things are going to chill out. Man, I had no idea, man. And then like the pasteurization basically shortens that window of time where you're getting a, a freshness decay. It just kind of locks it in. Yeah, it? steps it down a little bit. So you start at that kind of like coalesce flavor. When done well, you don't get a flavor impact. Like tunnel pasteurization is actually very common. Like every beer you have from Europe, is tunnel pasteurized. Like, shit's not fresh, right? I mean, I had to cross the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's but it's still delightful. Like people who do it well. I mean, shit, Forsteiner, Deltons, you know, all those, all those, yeah. all those people like Schneiderweiss, like all all those beers, like Breistorf, all those beers you get here, all every single one has been pasteurized, you know, and they still taste incredibly crisp, very bright, very clean, excellent beers. You know, it's it's a quality of packaging and the quality of operation. So is it still alive when it's pasteurized? Most most beers, most beers have had the amount of time to settle out all the yeast that would still be in solution. So some people will put yeast in to scavenge oxygen. Yeah, Um, it's a common thing. Um, Very effective. We don't we don't process that way right now. So, but it doesn't mean we don't ever pass that high. So what I've been doing is like I'll go to the liquor store and I'll check like can dates. You know, I mean, uh, I, like, and if it's like without a within, it's not within a certain window. I won't buy it. Am I wrong on that, or is that not an effective way of like? Because I even yeah, told depend- people this is a cool way of picking beers. Like, it's be- depends it's on the beer. A, a wrench in my whole. Oh no, it just depends. I was trying to help people, and I guess I wasn't. <laughs> it just depends on the beer, right? Like, there's okay. I mean, I mean, some beers, some styles, some styles don't age well. You know, like some beers are just better fresh. They are, but some beers settle into really beautiful places as they get a little so age it, on them. So it, it's it's like all it doesn't. Well, I mean, it may do, not necessarily matter. No, think about quad, right? Think about quads you sit on for like three, four years in bottle, like at ambient temperature. Some of those bombers. No, I was thinking more of like uh, stuff with hops, uh, oh, yeah. Kolsch's, Pilsners. Like, are those better? Like with the 
good freshness date, or is it? I'm a biased still, opinion, man. I drink beer off of Bright Tanks. It's it's different, right? Yeah. You know, I, I I buy some canned product, but not really that much. Not that much. I, I buy it from friends and like people I know in the industry. I think anything inside of honestly like eight to nine months of packaged really well is solid. Um, okay, good. Some, All right. some people can push it to twelve, but it depends on if it's pasteurized or not. Unpasteurized beer, like big hazy IPAs, things like that, like ninety to one hundred twenty days is probably the window because it just changes from a beer that like the person wanted you to drink it as, and it's more like the for me it's more the artist representation, right? Like you want you want a beer that tastes like the way that the person who's giving it to you wanted it to taste like. Like if I pour you let me put it this way, I pour you a glass of wine, and then you come back five days later and try and drink it when it's been sitting out. For five days, and you go, this wine is garbage. <laughs> you know, like, is it garbage, or did yeah. you just not drink it in the window? Of time There's a that lot. It been? I mean, that kind of shit <laughs> must drive you crazy in the beer, because that, that happens all the time on message boards and like on social media. Oh, sure. I mean, people shit like on a really good beer. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't. Did you have it in your car? Like, where, what's right. the background information yeah, here? Because I know that beer is great, <laughs> and you have a bad experience with it. Doesn't mean that that brewer is trash. Bro. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's everybody, everybody has an opinion these days, and oh, and, 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 and it's fine. And it's, no, it's totally fine because honestly, there's a lot of good information in there. Like what people have to say about beer, for the most part, like you gotta you gotta pull your ego out of it. You know, like what do people want? Because at the end of the day, you're trying to give people what they want to drink. This isn't this isn't my this isn't my beer. This is the beer that I'm trying to give to my community. Like if the community doesn't like it, I'm not just going to keep making it because of my fucking ego. Like, <laughs> you guys should appreciate this shit, man. This like, is fire. You just don't know because you're morons. No. <laughs> yeah, right? I just sit there and just, like, just chastise it. It's like, well, the day, they got to buy your beer. You don't have a fucking business. So it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, I mean. And, and, and you're, lucky, you're lucky in beer because most people who get to make beer are making what they love and what they love to drink and there's enough people out there that agree with that and that and that's a beautiful thing right that's a that's an immediate bond right like you and i didn't know each other before you sat down but you like my beer i fucking do man like and, and so, I, I and it's just, it's just so good dude. And that, and that beer was fire that i just had too and yeah you go ahead though go ahead. no i'm just saying like it's that's an immediate connection like whether, whether we know anything about each other besides that like yeah, I at it's least a cool know, thing yeah at least know that we have we have something of similarity and, and everything grows from there right and that's yeah complete strangers can sit down and share a beer and it would start a conversation you know it's 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 wild like that and that's what i love about i mean honestly that's what i love about this community i think it's great yeah and you know what i've i've never well we've brewed like i've brewed like two batches of beer in my life and like every time i talk to a guy like as knowledgeable as you are i've never felt like oh man like you talk down to me on it's always like he met me on whatever my you know i mean that i think that's another thing about the community it's not like oh like you should listen to what i'm it's always like inviting, like no, bro, maybe yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. It's even I've even sure. gotten that like I don't know, like right. it's like. I mean, I'm, it's like funny. what you like. You you hit this earlier, and it's it's hilarious because it's actually an interview question I ask people. So please don't take note of this if you ever apply for a job here. Um, you're like <laughs> like baker, bakers bakers versus chefs, right? And like I always ask people, like, oh, do you wow. prefer baking or do you prefer prefer cooking? Interesting. And like honestly, everybody says baker. I'm like, you're my guy. Like. Because you, because you're gonna follow, you're gonna follow recipes. You're gonna pay attention to the detail. You're gonna be meticulous about the details. Honestly, you're gonna be pretty clean. And yeah. I, 
That's I, so and I respect crazy, that. Man. But like, if you want to paint with all the colors of the wind and just get wild, How weird, like man. I just nailed that <laughs> shit by without even knowing. No, yeah, Matt no. told me. No, no, that, he, that, didn't, that, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. I was gonna say I have said that to Matt. No, so like. <laughs> no, I know he didn't. And it's something that because it, it jumps out. I mean, it, it is such a unique because she's a baker. You probably she, be an she bakes. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm more of like a, a cook guy, right? Sure. But she's so. But when I watch her, I'm like, man, this like you get like you have to. There's art to it because you want to make you know you could freak it your own way, but totally. you got to still follow the exact the right. temperatures got to be right, yeah. the ingredients got to be in the right proportion, and like Con- I would fuck that up. Concept is only so as good as execution, I'm not gonna be right? A good, <laughs> but, but I appreciate it, and I see it, you know, in other people, and I, I appreciate sure. it. Well, it's, it's like I said, I mean, concept is only as good as execution. You know, you, you can have the greatest idea in your head of what you want this beer to taste like, but if you can't, you know, put put grain to water the right way, you're not you're not going to yeah. do it. And and your idea might be fire, right? Like what you're trying to do, maybe exactly what the beer industry needs, but you never know it because you didn't execute. That's fucking dope, man. Like, and it's and that's what that's what's cool is, is that. Like people, we we've made we've made a bunch of new beers this year. Like there's a bunch on the menu right now that you you and I will go try after this. And um, dude, I can't <laughs> wait to man. But but it was the same thing. Like all those new recipes, they've never been done before. The way the Maybach is made this year, it's never been done that way before. The Hellesbach that we made, that's brand new. IPL, brand new. Double IPL, brand new. Berliner Weiss, brand new. Like even the even the alt beer is completely different than what it used to be. All of those beers you can only get here, like they're they were all a. I really hope this works. I have a good idea that it's going to work, but if people don't execute on the vision, then it's going to taste like trash. I'm going to have to throw it down the fucking drain. Like, it's nah, you're <laughs> not going to throw it down the drain. But um, in, and uh, this is a question that I, that I want. What What is the impression that uh, your friends, do you have uh, people in Germany that, that taste your beers? Like, what do they think about what you're doing over here? Or well, is there? I don't. A, I don't have any friends in Germany yet. My intention is to go make some eventually. Oh, uh, I, I was just thinking, like, because you were talking about like where you get your hops and shit oh, like yeah. that. And but we, we haven't so, said any to the farmers like we should. Interesting. I, mean, I kind of feel like huh? an idiot now for not doing that. Um, my, See, I, I'm, I'm full of ideas. Yeah, bro. No, that's great. I, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to write all of this down. This is this is fire. Yeah, right. But I, uh, my 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 good friend, the dude who like walked up and waved before I left, he was he's a uh, he was actually trained in Germany. He spent a bunch of years at, at Demons and. Like he's actually has his master's in brewing. He's a brilliant kid. He's one of the people I call about beer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and he was in here with his dad because he, his dad just flew into town. He's like, "Well, I'm going to take you to Pros." He could have taken him to his own brewery, but he brought him here. <laughs> wow, man, that's fucking amazing. So yeah, all right, man, cool. Yeah, because I was just curious. I was like, you know, what is their impression of like what you guys? Because I would imagine it's cool, man. I would think it's cool, but you know, who I knows? Mean, some some of the beer so. I would think if I'm bringing down the risk, if I'm bringing down the menu, I think they would try the Hefeweizen. They would be very impressed with how traditional it is, and they would they would like it. It feel like home. You, you know? know, and I wanted to touch a little bit on that because um, I find a lot of Hefeweizens real cloying. Sure. You know, here that I've had, and people like them. You know, uh, so that's just my thing. Like some people like super. I mean, they, if they like Hefeweizen, I guess they want it to taste sweet. The the folks that that. Uh, I'm t- the American consumers that I've known mm-hmm. that if I give them a beer and, but I don't find your guys is really cloying or sweet in that same way and mm-hmm. it's got like a real crisp uh, cleaner finish man and that's why I like I don't typically gravitate towards Hefeweizen but I like your y'all's Hefeweizen thanks man I appreciate that no that's yeah. a, that's a 
it's a it's a fan favorite in, in Colorado our tap rooms sell a lot of that beer it's it's very it's very popular here um, I think the way we do it is a little bit different we do try and stay pretty traditional with the, the presentation the the specs are almost like center down the line of like what's expected out of a world beer cup Hefeweizen um, I mean, again, it's all German malt. Like, it's all what German are what maps. are some of those like characteristics that you think are a badass hefeweizen that you guys have? Honestly, it's the it's the transition between the clove and the banana, right? Yeah, so that clove, man, is yeah. huge, and banana, man, yeah. It's and you get it's it's wild. So hefeweizen is characterized by the spice components, the fruit components, and that kind of like clovey, almost like all spicy sort of flavors, and. The way that I wanted our beer to be, I, I kind of wanted it to be like a really crazy sensory journey where you smell it and you get that like big hit of clove and it's like really, really, really pretty and like kind of is very inviting. The drink is like a, a slightly underripe banana where like those really crispy bananas that you bite into or it's like really, really pleasant things you would cut into smoothies type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you still get a little bit of that clove in there, but the banana gets to showcase a bit. And then the retro nasal is like just a hair of spice and it's like really still very crisp on the palate but like smooth it doesn't linger right like it doesn't like to sit on your mouth like oh my god i just ate a caramel banana yeah and that's I don't the part do anything i didn't like yeah yeah and and that's that's kind of what i wanted it to be and i and i think the guys are killing it right now who are you know on the floor every single day like checking on it and i think i think the making sure the quality is up yeah, to the totally, standard totally and our and our yeast guy i mean honestly our yeast you, guy oh dude if you have bad yeast your yeast fries just suck <laughs> and our our hefeweizen is we get we get our yeast from Propagate Labs. His name is Matt Peets. Dude is a genius, super smart kid. Great great product. I I attribute almost the entire quality of this beer to Matt because he he is really really killing the game and it's it's truly impressive and it, and the consistency of it because again yeah, yeast derived finished product man our our hef from like batch to batch to batch to batch to batch. It's all fresh pitch, so every yeast generation is zero. So you're starting with a completely different pitch of yeast. It could be anything. Those yeasts could come out and just be like, eh, fuck, man, I don't want to do this. Come out. Like, and it'd be That's garbage, crazy, right? Man. Yeah. And everything that we've put out, I mean, over the last year, I feel like it's been super consistent, and I attribute that almost exclusively to Matt. Like, dude's killing it. That's war, dope, man. War production is very important. Our guys out there are doing a great job, but like, if your yeast isn't good, especially in that kind of style, you're going to struggle a lot. <laughs> wow, man. That's crazy, man. So uh, you want to uh, talk a little bit about you guys' uh, future plans? Like, you guys sure. got a lot of shit going. I There's, saw you guys post some stuff to social media. Oh, yeah. following it. And There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Colorado expansion plan is pretty real. We uh, The craft kitchen just opened today. Um, German-esque food. It's, I mean, the, the donut kebab, the schnitzel, the... The Rubens, the Bratwurst, the Currywurst, Knockwurst, they're all super fire. My wife loves Rubens, and she has oh, one right now, and those fries look crit. Is it good? I you saved you this. I saved you this. Oh, nice. shit. She saved the Reuben for did you, Reuben. Did you like it? I, I love it. That's awesome. I, Smoky, um, yeah. like a hint to it, to oh, yeah. smokiness. I don't know. The that's, that's on I don't the know pastrami. if it's like the pastrami or what it was, it oh, was yeah. but it's really yummy. It's nice, like thick cut, and it's got a, like a nice texture to it. Like you don't have to fight way, work your way through it. The rye is not like super spicy. It all blends really well together. It's, I, lo I love that Reuben. 
And, and my vacation has officially began. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> we, we need to get you another beer. I'm, I'm going to do that as soon as possible. Yeah, and but, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, but yeah, go ahead. Some more. Dude, so the food looks amazing. My wife, my kids, uh, did they all eat? They're oh good. Gosh, Turkeys. The spat, the, there's a kid's menu. Did you get the cheese spatzel, though? The what toy was it? The cheese spatzel that's no, up there? No, I haven't yet. You, you need that in your life. That, that'll that that'll too. change religions. Yeah, that stuff is so good. Like is is that like like fried cheese or something? It, it's a uh, it's a little bit it's cooked down a little bit more mac cheese now it's runny. Oh um, okay. Oh I know now I know what you're talking about. It, it almost yeah. tastes like there's bacon in it even though there isn't. Like it has that kind of characteristic. It is real nice. Like dang that, that sounds fire, dude. Dude, I, the whole menu going to the tastings. I'm like I'm gonna be four, I'm gonna be 50 pounds heavier in the next week. This is terrible. Like dude, this is ruining my life. And so my wife's I, gonna leave me. It's terrible. I just got to. <laughs> Uh, this is their opening today with the kitchen, man. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't plan it that way, but I just so happened to. Well, we heard you were coming, so we rushed it. That's, that's really what it was. Did you really? <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> I was like, damn, <laughs> man, you, you shot. He built me up and then shot me down. <laughs> For a second, I was like, oh my god, man, that's so amazing. Hey. Whatever it was, it's it's Spate. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's so dope. <laughs> and so that, that new location, you guys got. I'll post some of this, uh, the 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 pictures that they got on that, man. So definitely, if you're out here, man, this is the spot to be at. Yeah. It, it kicks ass. And we have what, a, what's we up have with the location? There's some other. Uh, I mean, if they come down here, they could have some beer. And there's other. It looked like there's a lot of other stuff around too. There's a lot of stuff in this area. There's a there's a really great food hall right up right across the street. There's a there's a pizza joint. It's kind of like a like a really really popular bar that's called Happy Camper and it's great um, the area is it's just a, a really sweet vibe um, looked cool when we pulled up man. Yeah. It was bad. and I got the Rockstar parking I saw that by total accident I'm like this, this dude's leaving I go stop right here I, I saw I saw I saw the top of your car I was like that's gotta be him like that's gotta be him it's fantastic I, I thought I thought again it was great timing I um the this spot is kind of like the launch point for the craft kitchen that we're opening as pros. There's a second so location dope, that we're going to be doing in Centennial. Um, we saw the tap room Fort Collins as well. That's, that's great. Like we love Fort Collins. They're fantastic. Um, Exciting stuff. But man. Centennial's beer garden. I, I know we sent you some of the concepts. Like it is so cool. I wish I lived closer. I'm super sad that I don't. I'm going to go down as often as possible. But man, it's like almost an hour away. Good, good times <laughs> ahead, man, for sure. And yeah, that's yeah, it looked so dope, man. I was like, man, that's so cool, that's man. Really great. And, and the like, branding on it, just the the way it's laid out, it, it just looks like a fun place to hang out at. Absolutely, and that's what we want. We want, we want that to be the the gathering place for that whole neighborhood. And we we think it's gonna it's gonna hit that spot. Um, and then we're we're gonna start we're gonna start building a production facility here in the near future. And all the designs are in process. It's it's going to be very unique. It's going to be very very awesome. I, I can't wait to like talk more about it openly. Yeah. Because what well, we're gonna, I have what to we're come back do, now. So yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely do. I, was, I mean, what we're going to do is is, is going to change a lot of how people perceive how craft beer can be made. I mean, the renewable incentives that we're going to be pursuing. I mean, we're we're looking at full on carbon capture. We're looking at wastewater treatment. We're looking at that's so dope. Full man. grain recovery. Like it's, we want to minimize the amount of carbon footprint that we're putting in because oh, I mean, honestly, yeah, we're dude. it's that's so it, cool, man. It's going to be great, and it, and it keeps us closer to traditional brewing practices. Like one of the things we strive for is always like really trying to stay true to Ryan Heights about and all the things that we do. 
like there's a couple places where we deviate because everybody kind of does but with our cores we don't we keep it really really true to true to form um there's some places where we get a little weird but like that's only taproom stuff um but i what we're about to do fuck yeah man. i don't i don't think people are ready I'm, I'm i'm super i'm super excited to start like actually Dude, you got me about excited it. about it man like, that's fucking awesome man <laughs> It's going to be lit. I, I, I'm super excited. That's so awesome, Chris, man. I'm, you're super passionate. As like you landed in the right spot, man. Whatever oh, yeah. the journey started at, it seems like you're in the right spot, man. Oh, this this ownership group is phenomenal. Like the like David DeLine, you're going to talk to him later. Like he is, he's got great vision for this place. He's executing on it. Boyd, who we brought in, is running all the beer garden activities. He's like, he's the one that spearheaded this whole restaurant concept. You should definitely talk to him. Like he's a brilliant dude like awesome restaurateur our menu is cultivated by like james beard award-winning chefs like this we're, we're really trying to we're really trying to make this something pretty awesome like i i think that i think we're getting there and i, I really hope people come along with us man and pros brewing company from my perspective is already awesome but you know chris has he's got the inside look at where this shit's going man it's exciting man and i'm, I'm just happy to you know, be a part of this, this, you know, my part of the journey with these guys because I, I, I admire what they're doing over here. I love the beers. I love the, the location and all the things that they, that they got going on, man. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Chris, man. Thank you, man. It, you too. That's great. Yeah, man. And uh, pros, let's just go have Pro, another brewski, man. Let's, and, let's definitely go have another beer. I saved a little bit because I figured we would cheers at the end. So. And uh, I will catch you on the motherfucking flip side. You. Yeah.